The following episode contains adult content and violence. Listener discretion is advised. Legacy, a Star Wars audio drama. Created and produced by Crystal Storm. Episode 12. Chapter 39, The Consequence of Conviction, Lancoro. Unfortunately, Mako and I were going to have to wait on the extended honeymoon. It had taken us three days to get to Ilum, though, and since nobody was on the ship but us, we made good use of the time. I just finished the meeting with my family. I had a delivery to make straight to the factory, and I wanted to bring Mako with me. She deserved to know what we were doing, and I wanted to be completely honest with my wife. After a lengthy discussion with my family, except Aunt Reed and Dad, we couldn't reach them, they had agreed. I walked into the cantina where I'd left Mako and smiled softly at the sight of her. I was still marveling that she was my wife, that I was that lucky. I came up behind her, sliding my arms around her and nuzzled my lips against her neck. Hey, big guy. She turned and kissed me. It was one hell of a kiss, and we'd been having a lot of those. Except I sensed something wrong in this one. When Mako pulled away, she buried her face in the crook of my neck and clung tightly to me. I frowned lightly, but hugged my arms protectively around her. What's wrong, babe? Nothing. I was just thinking about my family again. My parents. We'll find out about them soon. I promised you we would. I know. I love you, you know. I really do. I was going to have to find some chest-beating time. You better. I'm about to show you some top-secret stuff here. Ready? She hesitated, and I wondered again if she was being straight with me. Was something else bothering her? I studied her face, but she nodded and took my arm. No one came this way, not with everything else going on in the already explored regions of space. I'm still not sure how Aunt Reed found it, but it doesn't matter much. Apparently it was at the tail end of some secret hyperlane. The planet was small mostly dry desert and rock. The factory my family built on the surface was massive. We landed in the spot on the roof designed for my starship, and I noticed my mother's was here too, as she frequently was. The factory was guarded by an assortment of former gang members that had previous military training, mercenaries, and Mandalorians. Once here, they were not allowed to leave until the location no longer mattered. Few of the grunts came over to my ship to unload the cargo I brought, saluting me respectfully. I nodded at them and looked over to my wife. I couldn't read the expression on Mako's face, but I could still sense something bothering her. I suspected that she'd be worried about the bomb I was about to drop. I reached out and took her hand in mine, kissing her knuckles. This is my last secret, I promise. She didn't look relieved, but she squeezed my hand nonetheless. I let her off the ship, nodded at the posted guards, and walked inside. What is this place, Koro? This will be easier to explain all at once. I walked up to the final security door and typed in my code. The big metal doors slid open. Inside stood a replication of the HK-24 Assassin series droid, formerly made by the Circa Corporation. The majority of them had standard blaster rifles, but a small elite group had been given the advanced neural chipset we'd recovered on Hoth, and their own lightsabers. Those droids were still connected to the large computer terminals. 
Behind them, five scientists that used to work for the Circuit Corporation completed the last of their programming. I stared at the army proudly and looked at Mako. The expression dropped off my face when I saw hers. She looked pale. Her eyes were huge. It's true. What's true? She ripped her hand from mine and backed up a step. I frowned. Mako? What's wrong? You're going to do it. You're going to murder a whole planet. We were going to do what? My brows furrowed. What are you talking about? I haven't even explained. There's nothing to explain. Your mom is evil, Koro. Okay, now I'm getting angry. My mother was a lot of things, but she was in no way evil. I felt like I was missing a serious piece of the puzzle here. Mako, what the chaos is wrong with you? She didn't say anything, but there were tears in her eyes. She turned around and literally ran away from me. I stood there for a moment, dumbfounded. A second later, the alarm started going off, and a cold sense of dread shot through me. We were being attacked. But how? How had anyone found this look? Mako. I suddenly felt cold. I ran forward, shouting after her. My voice was gruff and was probably only scaring her further, but I couldn't at that moment fathom what had happened in the seconds between our arrival and the moment she'd seen the droid army. When I got outside, it was a war zone. Keithia had brought her squad and another to attack us, and she wasn't alone. Aunt Zaren's old Padawan, Kira, was with her. Mako was running towards the shuttle, and I recognized Quizen, an old friend of hers standing in the doorway, frantically waving her on. I stood there, flabbergasted, beyond reason as she ran up to him. She didn't even look back at me as their shuttle took off. I felt my mother's presence behind me. Mom, I didn't. I don't... I was still confused, but as I watched my aunt's troops descend, I was furious. Mako had betrayed me. Mako had led them here, and I had no idea why. Later. Whatever you are feeling, you must channel it now, Lancoro. Veltana has only just arrived. Together, we will hold the front line. I nodded tightly and drew my blasters. It was an honor to fight beside my mother and with my sister, and she was right. I was mad as frack right then, and I was going to use the chaos out of it. We're scrambling their transmissions, but it's likely they've already given up our location. General Pierce, prep this facility for immediate evacuation. Have our white paw captain keep a lane open for our transport ship. The last batch of crystals has only just arrived. Have our engineers work double time to install. Lencoro, I need Eric Jorgen alive. Why? I suspect he has some information to tell us. He won't talk. Yes, he will. Chapter 40 You could find men willing to die for their cause. You would find fewer men willing to suffer for it. And since I didn't wish to terminate all of my sister's little attack squad, I let the cold, ravenous urge to cause more pain than death flow through my motions as I engaged. I'd sever a trooper's blaster hand, but wouldn't complete the strike to kill him. Just kick him to the ground and engage the next target. Their screams of pain sounded around me, and I sucked up their agony, using it to make my motions faster. I knocked another trooper to the ground and then paused, my cybernetic eye quickly scanning the battlefield. I found Len Koro closing in on Jorgen's position. I also saw my sister focusing her attention on my son with more than a predatory glint in her gaze. Makethia hefted up her portable blaster cannon and took aim at his back. I kept my focus on her, backhanding a trooper that attempted to attack me. 
and just as she was about to fire, I threw one of my lightsabers at her, the blade cutting her weapon in half. Keeping my hand outstretched, I called my blade back into my palm. She whirled around and focused on me. I tipped my head to one side, my invitation clear. Makethia took the bait and charged in my direction. I stood there, really waiting. She'd withdrawn a heavily modified blaster and was firing at me rapidly as she charged. I used the force and the constant wave of my hands to knock her blast to the sides of me, and right before she could barrel into my frame, I leaped over her and gave her a sound kick in the back, using the force to add momentum to my strike. She went crashing to the ground and slid into the open door of my facility. I walked after her and made the door slam close behind us. It was better to isolate a leader from their troops. Jorgen would notice and his emotions would affect his judgment. Her troops would notice, and thoughts of a rescue would interfere with the focus of attack. Makethia got to her feet and shot at me, but I simply blocked her incoming fire with my blade, sending it back into her direction. Using the force, I yanked the blast from her palm. No sooner had the grip touched my fingers than she pulled my lightsaber out of mine. She caught it, and brandished it like a Jedi Knight, slowly backing up into the open space of the first room. It was a former workshop. Heavy machines, scrap metal, and pieces of unfinished droids littered the area. Where's Zarin? I would have thought she would have joined you. Waiting for you, in case I fail. But I don't intend to fail. You die today. I smiled faintly at the conviction I heard in her voice. Her strength was admirable. I studied her frame, tossed the blaster to one side, and pulled my second lightsaber from my belt, bringing the purple blade to life. I realized quickly that her form reminded me of Kazrin. I didn't mean to kill him. That I'd brought it up enraged her. I could feel it. I don't believe you. She launched herself at me. She'd always been a fast fighter. I blocked Makethia's first sequence and picked up Kira running towards me through the corner of my eye. I broke through Makethia's next attack, and when she deflected my counter, I used the momentum, spun, and jumped, back-kicking her away from me. I shot out my other hand and pinned Keithia to the wall with a broken droid. Yield. Never. I've got Reed. I paused, reaching for my sister with the force and frowned. I could feel her, but it was faint. Something was wrong. If you mean to raw my temper with lies, Makethia. The only way to ensure that what Zarin has seen does not come to pass is to kill your family. All of it. She'll be executed in less than an hour. The thought of losing Reed? After everything she'd done for me? After the harsh words we'd spoken in parting for a senseless death sparked my fury faster than it raged in quite some time? Call it off. You'll die for what you've done. If not by me, then by- Call it off! She glared at me. And in that moment, had I not known her title, I would have never thought her anything but a Sith. So strong was her hatred for me. Hope you suffer a hundred times more than I have for what you've done. I hope you can feel her death, Sith, the way I felt Kazrin's. I growled in fury and started force choking her. I was separated just enough from my rage that I heard the hiss of the lightsaber and turned in time to counter Kira, Zara's Padawan. She was foolish to engage me now when I didn't want to remember a petty thing like control. It took me seconds to disarm her. I used the tip of my blade to burn straight down her favorite arm, reveled in her scream of pain, and sent the heavy weight of my boot cracking across her jaw. 
Blood erupted from her mouth as Kira collapsed. Before I could hurt her more, Makethea shot her. I spun around, my lightsaber catching the blast at the last moment. I let the first few shots rest, toying with her. I made the next one strike her shoulder, ramming her armor into softer flesh. Her stance jerked, but she kept firing. I sent the next into her chest, the next into her stomach. When I made her blaster fire strike her thigh, she dropped and I was there, kicking the blaster out of her hand and ramming the hilt of my saber into her temple with just enough force to draw blood. As I watched her fall, I tightened my grip around my hilt. Reed was right. She'd warned me, but I hadn't listened. Instead, I'd done so much for my enemies, saved their lives, ensured their safety while they attacked my children, shunned me for my choices. And if Reed died because of it, call it off. No. Rage clouded my vision. The dark side of the force overwhelmed me, sucking up Makethea's hatred and my own temper so fiercely I let myself get lost in it. I'd had enough. Then you die too. I lifted my blade, ready to drive it right through my sister's heart, when I realized Quinn knocked Makethea out of the way and put himself there instead. His face flashed, and I don't know how, but a millimeter away from his chest, I stopped. My blade was so close, it singed the fabric of his uniform. Quinn? You lose your way if you kill her. <sighs> An emotion other than rage crashed into me. My stance loosened, and I slowly lowered my blade. Quinn smiled faintly at me, but before he could stand, I heard the sound of a blaster and watched the sudden pain contort his face. McKeithy had forced called her weapon to her hand and shot him in the back. I force-roared at McKeithy, and the impact sent her sprawling backwards, crashing violently into the wall. Quinn collapsed, and I caught him. Oh, you stupid, stupid man! Pure, raw emotion began ripping me apart. Lencora and Veltana rushed into the room. Lencora went over to Keithy and put his blaster on her. Tana covered Kira. I looked down at Malavi's wound, and despair clawed at me. It was fatal. Something Elijah could have healed, but I didn't know where he was, and he'd never get here in time. Perhaps... Perhaps you'll let me see you as something else now. His words tore me apart in a new way. I pushed back my hood, took off my helmet, and touched his face. However you want, Malabai. He pressed his hand against mine, his cheek into my touch. I could feel the tremble in it, the strength it took him to move the limb as his life force rapidly fled. Say it. I pressed my forehead against his and closed my eye. I forgive you. I could feel his relief. The weight of his burden lifted with those three words. I pressed my mouth lovingly against his, held him closer and let him feel the strength of my emotion. He died in my arms. When he left, my heart became a traitorous burden I no longer wanted to bear. I could not mourn him, though. Not then. So I found my rage. I laid Malabai's body gently on the floor, walked over to my sister, and kicked her viciously in the mouth. Lancoro. Yes, ma'am. Do you have him? Yeah, I got him. Bring him to me. I called both my sabers to my hands as Lancoro dragged Arik into the room. 
For the first time today, something other than hate leaked into McKeithia's eyes. Fear. I realized, though, as I studied her, Reed was right. It didn't matter what I did. McKeithia would never forgive me. But Malavi was dead on the floor behind me, so at the moment, I couldn't find it in me to care. I walked over to Eric and reveled in my sister's scream of no! when I rammed my lightsaber through his shoulder. Eric growled in pain, and I continued to press, and it deepened his scream. How did you get Mako to betray us? Go to chaos. She looked at the droids and then said something about killing a whole planet. What did she mean? Before Makethia could answer, I connected the missing piece. I pulled my lightsaber from Jorgen and faced my sister. Is that what you told her? That I was going to attack the Republic? We've felt your dark presence approach. And Zarin saw you attack Tython in a vision. Who felt this dark presence? Even I can feel it, Sith. You fooled no one. Suddenly, I felt Scourge reaching out to me. He was coming. We were out of time. Is my wife on Tython? Neither Jorgen nor Makethia said anything. I held my lightsaber up to Jorgen's throat. Answer, or he dies. Mako is on Tython. Call off Reed's execution. Makethia said nothing. I rammed my saber through Eric's opposite shoulder. Jorgen screamed beautifully, and Lencoro kept him upright. Makethia surged to attack me, and I used the force to ram her back into the wall, her sound of pain feeding the dark side that raged in me, taunting me to take off the chains and let it play. I lied about Reed's execution. Zarin won't let me touch her. She's being sent to Coruscant. Oh, you fracking lurdo. I'd been ready to kill her and it would have been for a lie. My thoughts strayed towards Malavi, heightening my rage. My brow creased as I fought for control. I would use this rage later in a battle that mattered. I let Makethia drop to the ground, pull my saber out of Eric and sheathed it, placing both of them back at my hip. Get her rerouted to Tython. We're going to need her. It's out of my hands. Do it, or I will throw your husband out of my airlock. Put him on my ship. Tana, call Vancito. We go to Tython. Yes, father. And what about them? Leave them. General Pierce. My lord, got a bunch of prisoners out here. Let them go and come retrieve Captain Quinn's body. We're leaving. You'll never get close enough. They'll never see us come. Chapter 41. The Danger of a Lie. We'd mine for the crystals on Ilum, not just to make the droids their own lightsabers. It'd been discovered that some could also be used in stealthing technology. In essence, they could make an entire fleet invisible. It was something the Republic and the Empire could fight over. I'd taken what I needed to make sure the transport, flagship, and other smaller ships in my fleet could get close enough to Typhon without being detected. When I boarded, Jason was battle ready. She always was. I told her to man the cloaking device and take us to Typhon once General Pierce and Jorgen arrived. I stepped into the main hole and activated my hollow terminal. Vencito reported that he would meet us near Tython. We couldn't get in touch with Elijah, and I suspected I knew why. Zarin or Makethia reported him. That was to our advantage. It meant he was already on Tython, no doubt trying to convince the Jedi Council that I was not the threat. My orders given, I stepped away from the hollow terminal and went into the medical bay. Quinn lay there, covered by a sheet. I stood next to his body and slowly pulled back the fabric so I could view his face. It was a bitter irony 
I could never have forgiven Malabai, not without his actions today. And maybe it was stupid to grieve the loss of a man I'd had such a volatile dance with. But that didn't stop the hot tide of emotion flowing through me, so similar to what I'd felt when Kazrin died. The unbearable pressure in my chest there was no escape from. The want to change reality so fiercely it threatened to rip me apart. The pure, raw rage I felt towards Makethia for daring to take him from me because regardless of Malabai's flaws and mine, I'd simply loved him. I removed my glove and touched Malabai's cool cheek. He'd been right. I would have lost my way had I killed Makethia. But she and I were even now, and I would not allow her to harm another I cared about again. Consequences be damned. I was a Sith, the dark side, a welcome ally. After tonight, things would change. I drew my gaze slowly over Malavi's peaceful face, lingering on his image a moment longer. Only a moment. The time it took to channel my emotions, to bottle them up and keep them waiting. I would need the force of my passion for the battle ahead. All of it. I snapped the sheet back over Malabai's face, put my glove back on, and returned to the main hold of my ship. No sooner had I gotten there than my daughter contacted me via holo terminal. Lancoro's advancing ahead. What is he doing? He's going after Mako. He's an idiot. He's in love. Hold your position. I'm going after him. Mom. Follow your orders and be battle ready. All of you. Jasa, activate our cloak and take the ship down. We're going planet side. As the escape pod shot out of my ship. I knew I didn't have the best plan in the world. I knew it was pretty fracking stupid of me to go off half-cocked like I was, but all that logic wasn't translating. He was coming. Mako, my wife, was planet-side with a bunch of idiots who had no idea. They thought it was my mother. They were prepared, but not enough. And they had my wife. In fact, not only did they have my wife, they had convinced her we were some kind of planet-murdering monsters. Granted... I was still pretty pissed she'd believe that about me, and that she'd betray us. But she and I would work all that out later. First, I had to get her. The pod crash landed, knocking me around a bit, adding new bruises. I had to ram the door to get it open, and I stumbled out. Regaining my balance, I put one hand near my blaster and scanned the quiet forest, confirming that for the moment at least, I was alone. I dropped to one knee. I never meditated, unless you counted when I wrote in my journal. That was cathartic and all that, but I had force ability no matter how small, and right now, I needed it. So I grabbed that super tiny thread, tried to use my emotions to strengthen it, and searched for my wife. For the first 30 seconds, I felt stupid. Then, I felt that tickle. Then I felt... My eyes snapped open. Mako! She was in the Jedi Temple. Freck, no way I was getting in there. Where is your mother, Lancoro? I turned around just as the rain started. 
I cannot say I was completely surprised to see my Jedi Master Aunt standing there, her blue lightsaber glowing brightly in the darkness. I narrowed my eyes at her. You're wrong about her. Surrender peacefully. I promised Mako you would not be harmed. You have no fracking idea. I want my wife. Where is Larissa? I want my wife. Battle Instinct told me Zarin was not going to answer, but attack. I was proven right when she struck out her hand. Force push, most likely, but I rolled out of the way and started blasting at her. We've got no quarrel with you, idiot! She force leaped at me, the impact of her landing knocking me off my feet, but I used my jetpack and instead shot up into the sky, flicked a switch on my blaster, and unleashed a barrage of small explosions around her. Zarin ducked, rolled, and dodged. She'd just come up to her feet when I landed and used my momentum for the punch I aimed at her head. My blow struck, but before I could take another swing, I felt her elbow digging my armor into my sternum, snatching my breath. She rolled around me, brought her opposite elbow into the back of my helmet, and kicked me in the back, knocking me forward. I spun around, blaster in hand, but she was faster. Her lightsaber sliced off the front of my barrel, making my weapon useless. Nobody fracked with my blasters. I brought up my other arm, unleashing a wicked stream of fire at her. She slid backwards, holding up her lightsaber, and used the force to protect her. This was dumb. As much as I really wanted to kill my stupid aunt, I knew we were going to need her. I twirled my second blaster, holstered it, and held up my hands, something every battle-ready muscle in my body violently protest against. Take me to the temple. I want to see my wife. And you morons need to know what's going on. Where is your mother's fleet? I'm not telling you, Bantha Fodder, until I see my wife. As you wish. I heard nothing after that, because Zarin moved like lightning, and the next second, I was out cold. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Legacy. Please remember to subscribe, drop us a review, and share this story with your friends. I also encourage you to come hang out with us. We've got a Discord server and soon we'll have a Facebook group. To join the Discord, click the link down in the description or go to dsc.gg backslash crystalsimagination. You can also join us Tuesday evening, 7 Eastern, 6 Central for the Legacy After Show, where I talk with the cast about the episodes and related topics. We do those on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash Crystal's Imagination, or just click the link down in the description. Episode 12 features voice performances by Bunbarian, Crystal Storm, Alex Ahmed, Melissa Oki, Ray Stacanus, Jake Riker, Guama Harstenel, Hannah Cardiac, and Jermaine Woods. Sound work done by Hannah Cardiac and Crystal Storm. To view the full cast list, get your PDF copy of Legacy, and learn more about Crystal's sci-fi novels and other upcoming fiction podcasts, go to crystalsimagination.com. Legacy's theme song is composed by Daniel Cherlitza, titled Star Wars Dark Side Themes Reimagined. Additional amazing music tracks contributed to this episode, so please read the description for full credits and links to each track. Legacy is a work of fan fiction created inside the Star Wars The Old Republic universe. It is written, directed, and produced by Crystal Storm. The Daklin family are original characters created by Crystal. 
A big thank you to BioWare, LucasArts, and Disney for providing such a rich world to creative.